Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thank you for calling 423 Get Fame. That's 423 Get Fame. I would tell you to leave a message, but the truth is, I don't really care. I've had this hotline open for months, and not one of you jokers have what it takes to be famous like me. So leave a message if you want, but don't expect a call back. I've got way more important things to do than to waste my time on losers like Mascarita Sagrada and you all. Thank you, and have a nice day. Hey there, folks, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of the Grave Consequences Podcast. I am Caleb B. Follow me on Twitter there. Follow Greg at XMaserati. The title of this episode is Monster Meets Monster. You know it by now. Reviewing Lucha Underground. We got a huge main event on this episode. Of course, check me out every Wednesday night on Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. That airs right after Dynamite. And that's all the plugs. Uh, Social Suplex Podcast Network. That's you, you get us. You get everything else on the network. Really great stuff. Uh, Greg, how us. are you? How are you, by the way? On our third recording of the night on Labor Day, I think I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm we're going to do our best not to just fly through this, even though we're seeing the finish line and the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, uh, we but, promise we won't make any more tactical tactical whitey references either. No, I think we're we're I think we're good on that. As long as there's no uh, sequence with anyone in their man cave today. Uh, yeah, praying to the god of whatever. Oh, you know what? <laughs> it took me a week in the listeners' ears, but um, uh, like less than an hour IRL. I think Mil Muertes was maybe mourning the soul of Pascual Mendoza. Ah, I could see that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a genius. Damn it! Hey, first thing here on the episode is uh, Dario talking to Phoenix in his office. And Phoenix is joined by Drago and Aerostar. And, you know, he's like, you know what? You guys were in the trios tournament last year, but uh, Drago and Aerostar couldn't quit fighting. And we're not going to have this happen again, Phoenix. So we're going to have you tag with Jack Evans and PJ Black. So Dario is just like gaslighting the shit out of Phoenix and Drago and Aerostar as well. And it's not the first team he's going to gaslight. And it's very weird because he doesn't have a, 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 a horse in this race. No. He doesn't have a trios team, but he's really trying to like, because he mentions that they didn't get along last year. So yeah. he wants to prevent that. So Phoenix but, doesn't have to worry about that. But... Okay. I'm sorry. Here's the thing that uh, he doesn't mention also is uh, why they didn't get along last year. It's because they were in a best of five designed by him. Yeah, he's he's a gaslighter instig- inst- 
instigator. And what he does is the exact opposite of what he's claiming he's trying to do. Yeah. No, exactly. He is definitely a manipulator, for sure. And did did you say who he teams him up with? Oh, yes. PJ Black and Jack Evans. Yeah, so you already know that Phoenix is in for a, a rough time. Yeah. It's... I would like to see Phoenix one day become trios champion, but if if these are the teams he ends up in, it's never going to happen. No, it's you, you you don't it's not you don't want to see this team because it's not it's it's just a you know when Rock would get teamed up with Austin or Triple H would get teamed up with with Rock, it's just to stir up conflict for a future story. You know, it's not mm-hmm. an actual team. But hey, Drago and Aerostar and and Dario says, you know what, you guys. Over the last year, you really built your friendship, you know, up. And uh, we're going to put it to the test, and I hope it can withstand this, because you two will face each other with an Aztec medallion on the line. You don't think Dario likes friendship? No. no I think he sees it as weakness. And I think his insecurities make it so that he feels like if he's not in control of the violence, he's, you know, a victim to it. So that's why he stirs it up, so that he can be the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. No, I think... Right. If we're reading into a wrestling show that's like six years old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was five years old. Oh. But uh, up next, actually, was the the Aztec medallion match between Aerostar and Drago. And I wrote down that with the mask Drago wore to the ring, he looked like a demon. <laughs> yeah, he goes for a very demonic dragon lately. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's a Technico. And I don't know what you got out of this match. It's a very good match, but it's very spotty. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of sequences where someone's waiting for someone else to do their move. And that takes me right out of a match. And there's a spot where Aerostar is put into a wrist lock and he doesn't really sell it like a normal person would. Yeah. It's just kind of like waiting for the next move. And, and my God, the amount of, and this isn't me hating on Aerostar because I do like Aerostar, but dude, every move he did was a springboard. Yeah. Even the wrong. botch. Yeah, the botch he does. He does a he does a move where he botches a springboard. I'm pretty. After a while, I was like, oh, he botched that on purpose because <laughs> it became a main segment of the story was him, you know, favoring his leg. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> you're not wrong. But um, I wrote down that Aerostar won. I wrote it down as the thing. I realize as I read it, it's like, oh no, it was just a it was just a splash. But I wrote down it was a springboard plank splash. Yes, plank splash. There we go. That's why I call it the thing. Is when anyone planks, I'm like, that's plain. Yeah, I I, I specify plank because other people they land on their feet and their hands. Yeah, but with a Ray Mysterio type of plank splash, like you literally hit them with your your body. Yeah. My favorite move though he did was a springboard over the top code breaker. Oof. You remember that? I do. That I do. Was fucking great. awesome. Yeah, no one ever said these guys weren't athletes. And the thing of it is, and the reason I think we're kind of disenchanted by this match was that we've seen it before. In fact, we saw it five times last season. We saw it a lot of times. And and really, I think me and you are are proponents of. (sighs) Yes, a match can be have a lot of spots, but it's better if there's a story along with it as opposed to, okay, let me wait for you to do your move. Okay, let me stand here and pretend like I'm dizzy badly yeah. waiting for you to do your, your next move. Whereas a smart person would just get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. 
you know, like, cause, cause they're not power bombing each other. They all do the same flippy shit. So if you see someone preparing for a springboard, this is where an orange Cassidy move where he rolls to the other side of the ring is freaking genius. Like anytime yeah. a wrestler rolls to the other side of the ring, when the guy's at the top, it's the smart it's in wrestling logic. It's the smartest thing in the world. So it's just great match, but there's no psychology before it. Like the, the, the match between the Lucha brothers and the young bucks uh, yeah. on Sunday, yesterday, there's a, there was a lot of spots in that match, right? Mm-hmm. Very spotty, but there was also a lot of story. Yes, dude. Absolutely. Even down to, um, okay, one of the Bucks had one of the Lucha Brothers in powerbomb position, and the other Lucha Brother had the other Buck in powerbomb position as well. Now, that's similar to two years prior at All Out, when one Buck was prone on a table with a Lucha Brother on a ladder, and vice versa. You know, they recreated that same spot somewhat two years later. That's good circular storytelling. And they even brought a spot back to show off how much of a vicious heels the Bucks are, why they're so dangerous with the with the shoe, with the tax on the bottom. That fake Jordan. That fake Jordan. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out Gats. Great guy. Always pointing out fake Jordans and stuff. That's my right. guy. Right yeah, I think our, our my point is, like, we like some psychology, some... Like, uh, I, well, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to keep going back to the AEW pay-per-view. Well, my point is I like Gats. That's my point. There we go. Yeah. Um, but, hey, I also wrote down that, like, maybe it's just the opening riff, but, like, Aerostar's theme vaguely sounds like the 1993 Raw theme. I'll send the Raw theme to you after we're done, and uh, you can be the judge. But mm. I heard some similarities. I will say that. But, hey. Uh, we now have two of the seven Aztec medallion winners confirmed, Tejano and now Aerostar. Now, after this, Johnny Mundo is in the back training on, I wrote the stick thing. I know that's not what this is called. Uh, oh, that's a um, Wing Chun uh, dummy. I don't know what it's called either, but it's so funny seeing him do Wing Chun on yeah. a dummy and never use it in a match. Yeah. Well, it reminded me of... Oh, pardon me. Oh, goodness gracious, dude. Get late um, for you there, champ. Dude, been a long day, I can tell you that for sure. Um, no, I, I remember seeing this used in No Retreat, No Surrender, if you've ever seen that classic piece of cinema. Uh, who's in it? Uh, no one of note that I can think of, but it's... Uh, oh, actually, Jean-Claude Van Damme plays the bad guy. He plays Ivan the Russian. I don't think I've seen it. There's a rift on it. It's really good. Um, that's where I remember first seeing that. Hey, you know, Mundo's training on that, and Taya comes in, and as soon as Taya comes in the in the room, it's like, oh yeah, she's like she's into him for sure. Like as a shoot, like she's into him, and I'm sure they were dating by this time, but still. I don't. It, I think it was one of those things where uh, art imitated real life. Ooh. Or life imitated art, do you mean? Yeah, I mean, something, the chicken came before the egg or something, because they got, I mean, aren't they married? Yes, they're married. Yeah, I mean, they, they were very lovey-dovey in the show, and, mm-hmm. you know, he found, they, they and, they're, and they're, they appear to be perfect for each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to be better than the relationship that he was put through with Melina, but whatever um taya has news for johnny 
and it's that Johnny Mundo is getting an Aztec medallion match, not getting the medallion alone like he wanted, but he's getting a match to compete for the Aztec medallion against Cage in a cage. Okay, here's the thing. Johnny Mundo is not a good, good actor, but he has his place, and his place is in like these 80s schlocky things and that's what this was, and that's why this was glorious, because he says, I got cage in a cage. I almost made that this title, but we'll probably make it the, the episode that the day fight will be cage in a cage. I think that's also the name of the episode. Is it really? I believe so, yes. Wow. Great minds think alike. So we don't have to change the name of that episode at all. Um, I'm sorry, I've got Raw on in the background. and Why? Because uh, it's it's New Day versus Viking Raiders right now, dude. Like, come on. Never heard of them before. Please Are they don't. like War Raiders? They're like War Machine, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sort of. Hey, we got our next and final trios, uh, first round trios tournament match. We've got PJ Black, Jack Evans, and Phoenix against the Disciples of Death. And so far, by the way, we had the trio of... Rey Mysterio, Prince Puma, and El Dragonist take a junior advance, as as well as Joey Ryan and the crew. So two of our three trios of advance. We're going to figure out the third one. And this episode, by the way, if you couldn't figure out my commentary, this came out on April 20th of 2016. Did the segment with uh, Jesse and the Rippers already happen? or uh, That is going to be later. Okay, okay. That's after this match. Okay. Yeah, I didn't write down too much of this match. I did write most of all of Jack's quotes. Yeah. Uh, like when PJ's trying to tag Jack Evans in. Jack Evans says, you're doing so well. Keep going. Yeah, dude, Jack Evans is just a shitty tag partner. I think at one point he said, believe in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and the third thing he wrote down was like, I would, but I don't want to get injured. <laughs> oh, Jack Evans rules. And we're, uh, even we're getting like ten percent of what he can do in AEW, which is I don't know what the deal is. It's a shame, bro. It's a shame that that Jack Evans and Angelico are stuck with that crappy HFO and their crappy music. I don't know what what's going on because they're both great. I think Angelico's doing good, but something I think there's something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. I'm really not sure. Um... <laughs> I hope he's not pulling an evil East, and I hope he's like you know. <clears throat> getting along with people was jack evans a part of no jack evans was not a part of that group that left uh that sued them uh, no that, mean, uh that was that sued uh el ray i think that was cuerno and ivalice joey ryan maybe yeah joey ryan yeah 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 which funny how that worked out but um hey despite jack evans being a shitty tag partner um, Black, Evans, and Phoenix win anyway. It was some. There were some stiff sweet. Uh, yeah, there were some stiff uh, super kicks too. <laughs> throughout, like I mean, he he super kicked Sinestro, like mm -hmm. his he kicked him right in the mush, and then Sinestro later he got him with a back heel kick that just sounded worse. Yeah. Sorry, I love that you said mush. That that just cracks me up, dude. Yeah, I just wanted to quote Vampiro. I'm, well. I mean, I first heard Taz say that. But oh, they all say it, all those older guys. Right in the mush piece. 
<laughs> Credit Will Kelly, stand-up guy and good friend. Um, hey, I noticed after they won. Oh, by the way, Katrina was pissed because EOD has been exposed as frauds. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, she was shocked. Like she wasn't. She it took her a while to go to rage. At first, she her jaw was just dropped. Yeah. But she shouldn't have been shocked because Jack Evans, despite his douchebaggery, like he went in there and started like the weakest link of the team was PJ Black, and I think he got the win. I with believe the Springboard Shooting Star. Yes, that sounds right, sir. I also did notice that after they won, uh, the ref raised the hands of PJ Black and Phoenix, and Phoenix was pushed away from the referee by Jack Evans. Yeah, it's uh, they wanted to make it so that the second. They, they're they're setting it up in a in the smart way that the tournament's going to be easier for the guys they want to win to win mm-hmm. by having some losers get ahead somehow with yeah. some either loser teams like Joey Ryan's or teams that are just so dysfunctional there's no way they can keep up with the cooperation and the teamwork of you know a team like Pumas. Yeah, so I mean you got to think this is probably like a cakewalk for Puma Ray and uh, Azteca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, until until we see Dario in his office with Jesse and the Rippers, or as I wrote down, Evie and the Rippers. Why did it take me this long to call them that? I'm not. Sure. But Dario referred to Angelico as a perverted pretty boy, and uh, Dario also said that Evilise had dumped uh, Son of Havoc, which we know and Havoc knew that's not what happened. He's still gaslighting people. He's all about it. Yeah, which it's funny because, again, we literally saw, like, the Son of Havoc say, hey, hun, we're through, and then he beat Angelico. It's, we saw it. Mm-hmm. It's bottom line. But, hey, uh, that's enough of that because we find out that uh, this trio's tournament was actually to see who would be three parts of a fatal four-way for the Lucha Underground Trios Championship. That's right. They had a time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Title shot, a title match just sprung on them, and they've got three teams to compete with. It is elimination for what it's worth, but still, it's just out of nowhere. Oh, by the way, you've got a, a four way match next week. Greg? I'm here. Sorry, there's something going on in, in the background, my neighborhood. I didn't know what it was. Did someone What's that? Did someone get killed? You know how it is when kids scream? Oh, uh, like, yeah. You don't know, because... Mm. And normally it's not a big deal. It's like, whatever, kids do whatever. But it's pitch black outside where, where I am. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, it is 8.30 over there. Yeah. and it, Which is, it's kind of, normally it's not, well, yeah. Summer's about to end soon, but it's... Wasn't sure what that sound was, so I'm good now. But, hey... 
What do you think of uh, the fatal four-way for the trios titles next week, sir? You know, I'm actually a little disappointed because I thought we had more tournament going. Nope. You know, I kind of wanted a little bit more. Well, that's how they did it last yeah, last year, if you remember. You had... Uh... Well, first of all, I don't... You know I don't remember. <laughs> well, last season, last season, they had three trios matches, and each winner would go into a triple threat. Sir, sorry, there's more sounds going on outside. Oh man, there's normally I wouldn't care, but there the neighbors, one of the neighbors, have a new puppy, and mm. I just don't want anything bad to ever happen to that puppy. <laughs> yeah, I and blame you. Yeah. But it sounds like it's just kids that are being taken away by demons, so we're good. Yeah. Hey, what do you think of these uh, names I came up with, the trios that are in this uh, match? Of course, Evie and the Rippers, that's been established. Um, Lucha Gods for Rey, Azteca, and Puma. I was going to say Puma and the sidekicks. <laughs> okay. How about the crew and Joey Ryan, the crew pests? Oh, the sex pests. Yeah. Um. You called them the crew pests? Yes. Hmm. These aren't all going to be winners, okay? I'm just coming up with what I came up with. Well, the problem is that that you're facing is that some of these teams are put together to not be, you know, cohesive yeah. and not like a general central theme. Yeah. Um, I would call Jesse and the Rippers. This is probably, well, we should call them the losers like the movie. Oh, yes. Uh, they should be the losers. But then the crew should also be the losers. So uh, <laughs> we could call them, I don't know, we could call them the wire. Oof. Omar. Right. That reference will be dated by the time this episode comes out. It will be. And and I hope that that shouldn't be in bad taste. But, like, that's, you know, two of them are undercover. Yeah. Right? And one of them is an actual uh, gang member. Yeah. Actually, yeah, calling the wire, yeah, that is actually clever. Now that I think about it, um, yeah. Uh, so they're the wire, the losers. Uh, I do not. I am not sure about the. Okay, uh, Evans, Black, and uh, Phoenix. Yeah, I wrote down so high. That's perfect. Because they, you know, they fly around, and also Jack Evans really likes weed. I'm sure the Darewolf loves weed too i bet he does and I'm, yeah. I'm sure phoenix is taking a puff yeah oh god yeah so that's so high is good for them yeah what are we calling puma and uh i wrote down lucha gods man that's what i wrote down i almost want to call them by the way they're from boyle heights in case you forgot by the way the local boys boyle heights etc Uh, <laughs> I kind of want to call him Dirty Mike and the boys, like from uh, the other guys. <laughs> we will, we will have sex in your Prius. <laughs> Thanks for the soup kitchen. Oh my gosh, Dirty Rick and the boys. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Hey, <laughs> after this, we see uh, the the uh, disciples of death in the locker room with Katrina. And uh, Katrina's pissed. 
And doesn't she, doesn't she say as much as sacrifice has to be made? She said something to that effect, right? Yeah, because I I for, I did forgot how it went down because I thought Mill did it. But basically, she's like she's taking pages out of the uh, not that she knows it necessarily, but she's taking pages out of the Dario Cueto playbook. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of similarities that come up later on throughout the the match that's coming up that show exactly what you're saying the similarities. Uh, maybe it's like. Uh, Netflix has a show how to become a tyrant. Yeah. You know, there are certain things tyrants do to stay in power. And, you know, certain things people like Katrina and Dario do that overlap. Not all of it, but they're going to do some of the same things because they're after they do, they work in the same kind of, you know, violent field. Um, but it was kind of like a, this is where we get, um, how do I want to say this? This is where Lucha Underground is going to start creating identity for itself in that you can fucking die off the show. Yeah. You know, like you can you can be written off the show and it's joked about you know, like in, in being the elite with Adam Cole drinking the poison. But this show is really about that. Like, and, and Sinestro kills two of his two friends and eats their hearts, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. He took out their still beating hearts. I would have liked it if they had said point of, uh, if they had said matter of factly, like now you're stronger, but they kind of just allude to it. Fair enough. Fair and I'm not even sure if they allude to him becoming stronger for it. I mean, you'll see it throughout the matches that he may or may not have coming up throughout the series. Mm. But hey, after that, we had our main event of the evening Matanza versus Mil Muertes for the Lucha Underground Championship. And I wrote down that Mil Muertes beats down Matanza early on. And this is the first time we really see Matanza, like, start to sell. He gets... I actually... uh, This is also why I wasn't really so vocal about how much I didn't like Matanza. Because this match was better than I remembered it being. And it was just a brawl. I mean, it's not a five-star match by any means, but it was a fun brawl. Yeah. Well, this is not the end... This match is not the end of their feud... Um, Dario at one point charges Mil Muertes like a complete idiot. And yeah, he, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say this is this is this spot is where you start seeing some of the similarities between him and and uh, Katrina because they both do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, pardon me. Out of desperation, yes. And um, at one point, uh, Katrina hit Matanza with the stone which is stupid. <laughs> Again, what you alluded to, these uh, the similarities between Katrina and Dario. And this match is ugly in the best way. It's, it's just, it's a brawl. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they get above the office of Dario Cueto. And <laughs> we've got a full-blown kaiju big battle atop the office. And that comes to an end when Mil Muertes tries to new Jack Matanza. Yes. He's trying to throw him off the office onto the floor, which would probably kill him. Um, but that doesn't work. But what, what Mil Muertes does do is he hits a flatliner through that little plank that... 
Yeah, it was a perfect square they went through. <laughs> yes. And I want to say, was this the same place that um, that Mil Muertes put Phoenix through last year during the death match? I want to say that was the other end. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Pardon me. You're right. But, uh, dude, like, this is, this match is over. It's a no contest. Dario Cueto holds up his key, and in Spanish, he declares war. Katrina holds up her stone. And we have got a full-blown monster match. We didn't just get it tonight. We're going to get it again at some point. It's going to happen. It's going to be a monster mash. Yeah, a graveyard smash. Um, after that, we cut to the police chief's office, and we see some posters. We get some Easter eggs here. Bale is marked as deceit. Marked as missing persons are Hernandez, Alberto El Patron, Big Rick, and Blue Damon Jr. There was a fifth one, but I couldn't quite identify them. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I, I like it. It's a good Easter egg. It's a nice little... You know, hey, this is why they're not on the show. This is our explanation. Um, it's at this point that we meet Councilman Delgado, portrayed by something of a real actor, uh, Lorenzo Lamas. I recognize that name, and apparently he was in Greece in 1978. He might have been in Greece, but he was more famous for being in Renegade, the TV show, kind of oh, like really? Thunder in Paradise. Ah. Google the intro. He's a man. He was a cop framed for murdering his wife by crooked cops. And now he goes town to town solving mysteries on his motorcycle. And he knows karate. Hmm. Interesting. It is a uh, by the way, 90s action show. Huh. That's pretty freaking cool, dude. By the way, he was in Boone uh, the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> uh, so there's some crossover there, too. Which may explain why he was in Lucha Underground. Um... <laughs> but hey delgado says like hey stay off dario it's it's in your best interest and in the best interest of my boss and the police chief says you know i don't care what the mayor thinks and delgado says honey like don't be so naive we both know i'm talking about someone who is much more powerful the comptroller yes yes the comptroller <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Who's he talking about? I don't think we find out until, like, season four. Crap. I just realized I don't think we find out until the end of season four. Yes, it is the end of season four. Yep. Oh, my gosh. And then that's when the show ends. Um, but hey, guys, that's the show. We've just finished a triple header here. Uh, we didn't even talk about tactical whiteys on this episode. Um we're gonna i'm gonna give this a grade of this was solid i really like the monster mash at the end i'm gonna give this an a what did i write down i think i gave it a little bit lower okay i think i gave it a uh, i give it a actually i gave it uh, a b minus um just huh. because I don't know. I don't think it was the best. I mean, I like the brawl. Here's the thing. Like, I, I will say things like, oh, I like this match. I like that. But I know it's not. And this is the we're, we are tired because we did record three days, three night, uh, three shows in a row. So I don't want to go on too much of a rant. But like when things are all about star ratings. Yeah. You know, 
a, a good entertaining anything doesn't have to be the best of that genre or medium. It yeah. just has to be enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I love to do it. Hmm. I'll give you an example of not being the best, but being entertaining. And this may be a hot take. I really enjoyed X3 on first watch. I really did. Like, I admit there are problems with it. Uh, I think they tried to cram too much into a sub two hour window. X-Men um, 3? Yes. Yes, sir. I enjoy X-Men 3, even though it, it is a horrible movie as an X-Men fan. Like, the guy that shoots spikes at Wolverine is credited <laughs> as Omega Red. And if you're a fan of the comic books, you know that's nowhere near what Omega Red looks, does, or is about. Well, for what it's worth, I'm commenting from the uh, perspective of someone who has not read the X-Men comics. Oh, no, it's all good. I, 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 your point is valid. It's, you know, I, I like a brawl, but someone rating that match between Matanza and uh, Mill might give it like a two or a non-rating. I don't think you can rate it. You probably honestly. can't. But I liked it. I like brawls. Yeah. I like that kind of uh, physicality when they're just slugging at each other. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think without going on too much of a rant, um, we, we do like to rate the shows, but it's not rated in the same way like a star rating is. We're not going like, OK, this match was, you know, a five and this match was a four. So we got to round that out. Now we go with an overall like feeling of the whole show. Exactly. Exactly. We rate the vignettes. We write we rate the commentary. We rate how the band performed. OK, we don't do that. But still, no, we, we, we try our best because, you know, um, it's when we give it a B, it means it's a good show to watch. Yeah. If it's a C, you can skip it. If it's you yeah. know anything less than that, you should never watch it. <laughs> yeah. If, if if it's if it's below a C, you should never listen to that episode of the podcast again. No, and you know if it's an A, that means it's a it's a show that even people that are, you know, star rating Nazis will like. You know. <laughs> you know, like they're all about like it's it's all about the star rating it's all it has to be five or more you know oh my god people like that will will probably like the match if we give it if we give a show an s rating that means you know it's one of the best shows of the whole show wow uh if uh i've been watching a lot of marky d lately i don't know mm -hmm. if you watch he does ring of the hawk on youtube a pretty good channel a lot of old tna content but uh when he rates something in s it stands for shove it man which is just the opposite of of what we give S's for. Well, I, he might have done bad in school then. Yeah, maybe he did. Who knows? But hey, guys, thank you for listening. Um, if these episodes gradually got worse, then your opinion is wrong. Um, these were great episodes. There is nothing like us on the network. W would you agree? Um, I would say, yeah, we're... we're yeah. You know, we're unique and we're, we're a diamond we in the rough. Yeah, we're like. What's a good. Yeah, we are a diamond in the rough. We're like. Uh, oh, Desert man. in the rose. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Desert. Desert. We're like we're like rain on your wedding day. We're like 10,000 spoons and all you need is a knife. Um, like a free a free ride when you're already late, that sort of thing. We got one um, hand in our pocket and one hand in something else. I forget. Yeah. One hand up your ass. You um, <laughs> guys, we are going to get out of here. I'm going to listen to some Alanis Morissette when we're done. <laughs>
You ought to know. And, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. And uh, remember something about Grave Consequences. Yeah. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.